You're listening to Motor Mouth with Andrew McCready and David Booth. Thanks for tuning in to the latest Motor Mouth podcast. In addition to his senior writing duties for Post Media Driving, which includes the National Post and Driving.ca, David Booth hosts a panel series called Driving into the Future, which brings automotive and technology leaders to the table to discuss emerging topics in the mobility sector. Think of it as Charlie Rose for gearheads. My name is Andrew McCready, and I am the host of the Motor Mouth Podcast. Hello, David. Hey, how you doing? Very well. How about you? I'm excellent. I, it's late here in, in uh, Italy, uh, riding my motorbike around and uh, testing the occasional supercar. Life is good. Well, you're also finding the time to write your weekly Motormouth column, and um, you're stirring things up with the most recent one, or at least one of the most recent ones, uh, which detailed the ongoing staring contest between Canada's federal government and global automaker Stellantis. So what's going on here? Well, bottom line, uh, to give everybody a timeline is probably the best way to start this off. Um, in March 2022, um, Stellantis signed an agreement with um, the federal and the provincial governments uh, to build a plant in Windsor to build batteries. Um, it's going to build modules and battery cells. Uh, at the time, they were not quite sure of how much money the federal and provincial governments gave, uh, but it, it probably was about a million, possibly 500 million each. Most importantly, and I know it's, it seems like a detail right now, but it'll come clear in a moment. Uh, that was a one-time deal, just like every jurisdiction in North America has been doing lately. You want to attract a car company, whether it's batteries or an assembly plant or whatever, you help them build the plant. You put some money in. Then in August 2022, uh, the... Uh, Congress passed the Inflation Reduction Act for America. And uh, as you know, I've written about it quite a bit. And and it's an absolutely crazy bill. It gives so much money to uh, automakers to build batteries in America. Um, unlike the uh, uh, the incentives to build a plant somewhere, these are, these are recurring incentives. Basically, it works out to about $45 per kilowatt hour of battery for every battery you build from the time your battery plant comes online till 2032. Uh, do some numbers. The average battery plant produces between 40 and 45 gigawatt hours, uh, uh, 40, yeah, 40 to 45 gigawatt hours per, uh, per year. Um, that works out to about 2 billion US dollars per year. Okay, ongoing every year from the time the plant comes on online till 2032. And that was, you know, after um, Stellantis signed the bill in Canada. So Volkswagen comes along and um, they say we want to build a plant in uh, in um, in St. Thomas. And basically they demand that if we're going to build it in Canada, the Canadian government somehow has to match that those uh, the monies that they'll get in they would get in America through the Inflation Reduction Act. If you do the numbers quickly, two billion dollars a year, uh, five years for the amount of time you know between 2026 and to, or 2027 and two, uh, 2032 uh, that they'd get every year, it comes out to ten billion dollars. Do the exchange rate and presto, change o, you have the thirteen billion dollars 
that everybody is talking about that the feds promised to Volkswagen. And now getting to the crux of it, I mean, um, Stellantis is looking at this and said, like, we signed three months before this passed and we lose out on $2 billion US a year. No way, Jose, we're not doing this. And that's where we're sort of stuck with right now, besides the fact that in the case of the uh, Volkswagen deal, the federal government paid all of that $13 billion. And now to because the plant is in Windsor and it's already started, the federal government says, we're not gonna come up with another 13 billion all by ourselves to pay off Stellantis. Mr. Ford, um, Ontario has to kick in more than it did on the Volkswagen deal. And that's basically the roundup of where we are. Okay, so I just wanna make one clarification here and, and you've written this clarification. So, so the announcement from the federal government for the Volkswagen plant was between eight billion and up to thirteen billion. Um, also, also, they do not receive a penny of that until the plant is built. It's not like we've written them a check and given them thirteen billion to build this thing. Um, as you say, every year there'll be an accounting of how many batteries they made, and I guess January first or whatever the fiscal will be, they'll say they'll feds will cut them a check and say, "There you go." Yes, and, and absolutely, you're absolutely. We need correct. to be we need to be clear on that because there's so much reporting going around um, that essentially the the federal government has given Volkswagen 13 billion dollars. That's not true. No, no, that's true. They've pledged to give them 13 billion, but the I mean, you've sort of put it in a nicer light. I'm not sure that nicer light is justified because um, one that money is going to get paid out. Uh, um, I, if, I, if, if Volkswagen builds the batteries. Well, I mean, they're not going to build a, a, a $3 billion plant in, 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 in St. Thomas and not build the batteries. And then why would they not build the batteries if they're going to get $13 billion? I mean, you know, that, that, I think you're, I, I appreciate you're putting our, trying to put a rosy tint on this, but the fact of the matter is, is the only way the only out clause that Volkswagen doesn't get this money is if the Americans repeal the IRA and they no longer pay the money. And so Canada doesn't have to match it. I'm pretty sure that's in the language yes, of right. the agreement. Okay. Which is, which is unlikely. It's extremely unlikely because one, uh, who knows if, if, if Trump's going to get elected in 2028, it, would seem doubtful as bad a leader as 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 Biden may be. I I don't think people are going to vote for Trump. That's one. The second thing is is you got to remember that most of the states that are benefiting from the IRA are actually Republican constituencies. So right. I, I they, they, even if he does get in, they'd have to you know cut off their nose to spite their face to uh to um to do the uh, to get rid of these things and until the americans get rid of it okay yeah and then and then likewise likewise in canada if the conservative party would get in very unlikely they would rescind it for the volkswagen plant because it's it's in conservative riding so it's it's it seems like we're i won't say we're stuck with this but this is the this is the plan this is the plan going forward Yes. Okay. I mean, as as I say, as much as I appreciate you putting a rosy, trying to put a rosy tint on it, the money is going to get paid out. I mean, the chances of it not getting paid out now are very, very slim, extremely slim. 
and 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 which brings up i mean all sorts of other issues i mean the the number one issue okay what's really interesting to me is uh first off it started off this was governments against Stellantis okay and it seemed like a bit of sour grapes for Stellantis but then there's indications that just this last february uh you know the feds um, wrote a letter and basically said that we'll take care of you and, and match the American money. And they have not done that yet. And then there, so the Stellantis and the governments are fighting. But then now, as you as you've brought up, is the fact that the provinces and our Ontario, the province and the feds are fighting and not in a nice way. They're doing it in public, which means there can't possibly they've already tried to agree in private and it didn't work out. The only time they bring that stuff um, into the public light is when they're trying to put her on each other to do something. And, and, and that brings up the other point, like, you know, for the last two years, three years, we've been um, witnessing the, the oddest couple, you know, since Walter Matthau uh, and all that, uh, the odd couple um, back in the 50s with Trudeau and Ford uh, making like best buddies every time something auto comes up. I mean, the politically and personally, you couldn't get any um, more different for two political leaders. And yet, you know, they've been there shaking hands and congratulating each other and, and everything else. And this very much has the, uh, the, the possibility of, of, of really testing that seemingly weird um, uh, coupling. It really does. Right. Since, since you wrote that column, um, and I know that you are updating it, so people who read the original at driving.ca should go back in because David is constantly updating it with new news. Yesterday, um, Friday, which was May 19th, the Ford government said they, yes, indeed, they would put money into the program. So hopefully that will get this thing, you know, get Stellantis back on board and get them back to building that factory. I, I Okay, look, I mean, obviously Ford was going to do that. There's no way that that wasn't going to happen. I mean, he wants to save the jobs. Again, they already gave probably a billion, but that's the one time build the plant money. It's not the recurring money. Right. Um, and... We're talking two billion U.S., so two point five, two point six billion Canadian every year. How much can the Ontario government afford? I mean, you know, we're talking thirteen billion is the number they got to match, basically, over as you said, five years, probably between twenty six or twenty seven and twenty thirty two. Okay, but you know, I mean, the, I don't think Ontario has uh, uh, the money in the bank to split that in half. Seven. No, I, I, yeah, and I just to clarify, I don't think the Ford government has committed to pay the subsidies, but rather to put money into the factory itself. But that still, everything was pretty vague yesterday. Ford essentially said, "Yes, we will be bringing money to the table," but as you say, we don't know if it's in the the ongoing payments every year or if it's the initial startup money. I, I'm pretty sure it's the initial startup money. I mean, let's remember that the IRA that forced uh, the American IRA, which forced the hand on this, is a uh, is a federal program. Okay, right. right. And, and, and with the uh, with the Volkswagen deal, the, the the matching of that American IRA was done by our federal program. Um, I suspect that the lion's share, if not all, of the matching uh, of the uh, American subsidy on a per on an annual basis is going to be um, from the federal government. And now the problem is both of them, just as the Americans have done to themselves, 
um, they've backed themselves in a corner. I mean, here's the choice. If they don't give Stellantis the money they want, all of it, all Stellantis has to do, they'll lose a couple of hundred million for what they've put into the plant so far. But as soon as they get on the other side of the border, as soon as they do, they walk across the border and there's somebody there with a contract, basically, sign here for $13 billion, okay? Quite literally, that's how it works. It's like, there's no limitations. As you know, I've discussed this with you many times on a personal level. There are no limitations. There's no limits to, uh, to, to how much money you can get. Uh, the only limitation is, is the money runs out in 2032. So it's automatic when they go there. So, so you lose $200 million for what you've put into the battery plant so far. You walk across the border, you get 13 billion. So, Canada, especially the feds, either have to match the money or lose or lose Stellantis. And either way, that's there's no winning that situation. Uh, they they spend the 13 billion, which is a lot of money that makes like 26, 25, 26 in total. The feds would have paid out between Stellantis and Volkswagen. And of course, Stellantis stays. But that means every single time that you um, or Canada wants to attract another battery plant, the price has been set, my friend. You, you got to match it. And th to understand something, um, I've read the IRA, as you well know, um, and we've discussed it again many times. There are two subsidies in the IRA. Uh, there's this one, which is called 45X, which is the subsidy for manufacturers to build cars. And then there's another subsidy, about $7,500 for consumers to buy cars. Right. And so a, re a rebate, pro a rebate program similar to the a one rebate program like our 5,000 yeah. 7,500 US south of the border. Um, when I do all my numbers and I average it out and everything else like that, um, um, oh, between now and 2032, the American government is going to spend somewhere around 600. It could get to $700 billion on it's either incentivizing car companies to make these batteries for their electric cars or incentivizing um, um, the uh, consumers to buy them because neither of these subsidies is scheduled to stop till 2032. And, okay? and also just to, to put a point on the, the $7,500 US rebate, that only qualifies for vehicles built in North America, which includes, in Canada, America. Which includes Canada and Mexico. Yeah, but understand something um, uh, very, very much. Like Canada's already shown that it's going to fork over the money to match American. I'm guessing uh, um, uh, Mexico will have to do it as well. So even though th that part of it, the battery plant is uh, is supposed to, the battery plant subsidization is only supposed to be for America, Canada's going to match it. Probably Mexico will as well. Now, you got to remember that the, it's, you know, like, when you do the numbers, there's, you know, uh, Canada by 2032, I know Quebec, I think, wants to be at 87%. I forget what Canada is. It's between 70 and 80%. Virtually every car built by that time will have to have a battery built somewhere in North America and a car built somewhere in North America. Uh, let's remember uh, how much it is. Say in Canada here, if you went to Quebec, um, and the batteries built in, the, in, 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 in Ontario, every car that electric car that sold in, the, uh, in Quebec would have about 12, about 
seventeen, eighteen thousand dollars in the trunk every EV, everyone, all the way till twenty thirty two. That's a, I can't say the word, but that's a bucket load of money, and um, and 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 this is the corner we're being backed into. Is, isn't this isn't this simply? I mean, this is happening globally. Isn't this simply though? the cost of the transformation of our energy sector? Isn't this the, the big picture? That's the, you're absolutely right. That's the positive side of the coin. Um, and, and, and you can also bring up the sustainability aspect of it. Like this is the price of, uh, you know, to be, the, to be for automobiles in the world to be, um, uh, you know, uh, sustainable. This is the price. But is it fiscally sustainable. I, 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 I'm not Milton Friedman, but I can tell you this much. Um, I haven't had a, a motor mouth in five, 10 years uh, garner as much attention as this one is. People are really, you know, a billion here, 13 billion here. It starts to add up, as they say. And uh, I, I'm not sh- sure that it makes sense. I, I guess all that money might make sense, might, but not for sure, but at least might make sense and prove a worthwhile investment if we really get to 2035 and we're 100%. And you and I have discussed this before. Anything short, like if we get to say 60% EVs and at that point in time, subsequent governments in Canada say, well, we're not gonna make the 100% by 2035. We'll have to you know, reduce, reduce uh, uh, change the rules of it. If we only get to 60% of cars, um, or you know, 50, 60, 65, 70 percent, maybe even, and 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 we've spent all this money. The returns won't work out. They won't. They will not. And so you know, uh, this is a humongous bet that our prognostications that we are definitely going to get to 2035 and everything will be electric. Again then the investments and the big batteries and once the cars are all electric you take the subsidies off perhaps and and maybe they'll uh, the sales will sustain themselves but boy oh boy um i i think all the politicians everybody in the auto industry every auto company um every taxpayer better hope we get there because if we don't these could turn into you know very poor investments okay we're just going to take a quick break here and we'll be right back And we're back. So let's, David, let's step back from the details of this latest kerfuffle, if we can call it that, and look at the bigger picture of government subsidies to the energy sectors. Um, this, this current round of government subsidies, or some call it corporate welfare, might seem new as it involves the electric vehicle space. But for decades, if not a century, federal and provincial governments have been enticing energy companies with subsidies and tax breaks. Um, in Canada in 2020, estimates range from $4.5 billion to 18 billion and even the IMF says 81 billion in annual subsidies tax breaks etc for Canadian oil and gas that's a lot of money and i think to 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 um to be fair these companies the oil companies make a lot of money and we continue to subsidize them to the tune of billions of dollars so why is this any different what we're doing for the ev space well, I, this is the easiest question you could possibly answer me. Oil companies don't build cars. Yeah, for sure, the, uh, the cars use the product. But one, we're 
we're subsidizing the uh, the um, the continually continuous um, research into finding more oil and everything else like that. I, I, and flat out, I don't agree with that either. But the thing is, that's like asking me uh, why should airlines, uh, uh, why should um, electric vehicles not get uh, subsidies if airplanes do get subsidies? It's it's not the same thing at all. Uh, you know, and and let's let's understand what we're doing. And at the, uh, this is a hard consumer product. Okay, it's a hard consumer product. It's not a fuel. It's not an electricity. I mean, you could. I, I, I'm sure I could go back and find ways that the electric energy um, 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 uh, in Canada is subsidized and controlled and tariffed and everything else. But we're not talking about that. We're talking about cars. And so. If you're talking we're, about we're cars, actually we're actually talking about batteries. We're not even talking about cars. Well, yeah, but battery, batteries. That's, that's like saying, uh, you know, I mean, uh, uh, that uh, that uh, uh, the government's subsidized car engines. Uh, you know, I mean, a bat a, an EV doesn't go anywhere. It's a hard part in a in a car. It's not the fuel that 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 drives a car. The electricity that goes into a battery would be analogous to the fuel subsidies you're talking about. It, it, we're talking uh, chickens and eggs or apples. And yeah, but we're still, I mean, philosophically, we're, we're really talking about the same thing. And that is government money being used to create good jobs and in and, and, and an industry and an industry. Isn't there this sense that if Canada doesn't do what we're doing with the EV space with batteries, we will be left behind. And in 40 years, we will be an industrial wasteland. We will have we will have no skin in that game. That's a very much a possibility. There's the other point, okay? There's the other point, and this would be the my again my inner uh, Milton Friedman speaking is that these subsidies, just like other things like tariffs. The, let's understand this. This is protectionism. The Inflation Reduction Act, which now we're emulating, so we're in the same boat as the Americans, is. A, not a, 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 an act to reduce um, inflation. It's a protectionist act to protect um, 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 uh, the auto industry from import cars. That's all it really is. That's let's understand that. Okay. So no, number one, uh, you know, whether it's a tariff, a subsidy, or whatever thing else, the history of protectionism, especially in the auto industry, is not good. Um, eventually, it just gets too expensive. To uh, to continue to afford, and these subsidies go away. And if the subsidies are too big and they are for too long, the industries, namely the battery manufacturing industry and the car manufacturing industry in the countries Canada and the U.S. that have the 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 benefits of, in this case, subsidies. In previous years, in the auto industry, it was tariffs. They eventually get fat, lazy, and stupid. And as soon as they are, um, uh, the subsidies, tariffs, or whatever is revoked, the imports um, treat the um, uh, the domestics like they're sitting ducks. The reason why, the, the only reason, the only reason, I cannot stress this enough to your listeners, the only reason Toyota is the number one automaker in the world is because America had such stringent protection 
protectionist policies that one, to be competitive, Toyota had to invent the manufacturing process to keep the costs down, to be even cheaper so that the tariffs wouldn't kill them. And in meantime, the Americans got, as I think you're old enough to remember how bad their cars were at the time, they got really fat, lazy, and stupid. These subsidies won't last forever. They cannot. No economy can afford it. And then when you take them off, your the 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 domestic industry that you were so trying to protect is left like a sitting duck and then all those jobs go away i mean i've done so many reports on what the american auto industry was and how many it employed okay and what it is now and how many it, how many it employs now and the number one cause of that decline which is almost at least at general motors a factor of eight jobs before to one job now is the result of the crappy cars they built because they were being protected by tariffs. I agree with that. But I think the difference here is we're not talking about the big three building these battery plants. They will be building some, but you've also got Volkswagen. You've also got, you know, a lot of foreign companies will be building. So I can't, I can't see a brain drain going on in these plants when suddenly the subsidy goes off. The, the batteries being built in Vancouver or in, in, I'm sorry, Ontario, and in Tennessee by VW will be identical in their way. They're no, as no, 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 no. And unfortunately, I, 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 I hate to be the, you know, economics is real. It has nothing to do with hopes and wishes. Okay. So I'm, I can't tell you which one I'm not going to, uh, res- uh, you know, it was off the record, but one um, Asian manufacturer. Okay. And you're probably guessing the wrong one. Um, but I'll go on. One Asian manufacturer confided to me that they can build one of their EVs for $2,000 US cheaper in their home country than they can in America. But if America is going to give them 5000 bucks, okay, they'll build the plant here. Come when those tariffs go away and, 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 and that plant won't get any more economical just because they're using the same technology as they are in their home country. It won't. It might, it'll probably get worse because unions will get used to uh, 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 going on strike as they used to and everything else, as we've seen with wage inflation. And then again, as five years down the road, there's n- absolutely no guarantee that that current 2000 US dollar um, um, uh, advantage for their home country will get better. In fact, most bets would be it will get worse and the subsidies end. And I can assure you that no matter how much the plant costs, uh, $2,000 a car for every car they're going to ship over, they're going to take advantage of it and shut down that plant. So essentially you're say, predicting that this whole North American electric vehicle business is doomed. Uh, I wouldn't say doomed. I would say that, you know, we're expecting to get a, the numbers right now make it so that there's no way you could ship a foreign battery built assembled EV into America with uh, from a foreign land. I mean, that's what they figured out. Everybody's figured that out. I mean, again, it's approximately 12,000 US dollars is the advantage you have if you build the battery in the car in the States. There's not a jurisdiction in the world, no matter how cheap it's labor, that can fight those numbers. But the problem with a big advantage like that 
is that it costs money and it's unsustainable. And also it makes factories uh, lazy and fat. Now, some of them won't get lazy and fat. Maybe a few will stay. But again, whenever, you know, you start at, a, 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 say, there's a, a I'm just going to make up numbers, 300,000 jobs in the States. Okay. Now uh, for auto maze. Now over the time, over the next 10 years till or eight years till 2032, maybe that goes up to four or 500,000 uh, unit uh, uh, jobs because all is influx and everybody's happy. Then what happens is, um, uh, you know, uh, they re remove the incentives. Um, there's some of what I've talked about, some um, downsizing of the American portion of it, because some of those factories have got uncompetitive, which I've just explained. And instead of 500,000 jobs, there's now 375,000 jobs. Well, that's still over better than what it is, uh, what it was is currently. And so if you look at it long term, we're better off for having built the plants uh, uh, and we've created more jobs even after uh, something like a doomsday situation. But the fact remains is anytime you go from 500,000 units to 375, no matter what it was before, people are going to view that as an absolute catastrophe and it will really hurt the economy. I don't think that everybody's going to leave because of it. But the fact of the matter is, is creating subsidies these large all the way to 2032 will have consequences that are not good. And usually those consequences get worse the longer you impose these these protectionist policies. It's happened every time there's a, I, I can't remember a, a, a protectionist policy ever working, um, um, you know, a long term overall. I mean, I, I think it's the Haley Crawley Act. Um, I, I probably got that wrong. That caused the great, um, the Great Depression in, uh, in in 29 to 32. And when you read it, it reads just like, it's like nobody learns the lessons. Nobody learns the lessons of, of what protectionist policies do to the economies you're trying to protect. Well, all I can say, it will be interesting when the next automaker or battery maker, you know, shows up in Ottawa saying they want to build a plant somewhere. And, and as you say, we're going to have to dip deeper to, to make that happen. It's going to be a fascinating few years in that space. The, the one thing I'll say on that is I, I've done a, a copy of napkin cop, uh, uh, calculations. Okay. And, and so if you, if you divide just the workers in the plant um, that are, 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 and, and also the, uh, what do you call it? The, um, the um, the uh, ancillary jobs that are created, basically the 13 billion that Volkswagen will get pays the entire salary of an, about uh, those 8,000 workers, $80,000 for about 20 years, okay? Now that's that's a Paul Polivier kind of situation because there's also in corporate, uh, corporate taxes that'll be paid and, and everything else, right? There's a lot more money generated than just that. But I did another thing, which is more realistic. And basically, I imagined that those people, uh, $80,000 a year for the average job, not the ones in the plant, they'll be higher paid, but also the ones, for instance, that are the ancillary jobs. If we go at 80000 and we assume I went on taxtips.ca and filled in you know, that much in the, in the forms, and it turns out they'll pay $16,000 uh, taxes every year. So that's what those workers will actually pay back to the uh, to uh, pay for the jobs that were created, and 
and then you, you assume that they're only one third of the entire tax bill, that corporate taxes from all the companies that are created will pay the other two thirds. And it still takes 10 or 20 years to pay it back. Okay. It, it means that all the tax, basically what I'm saying is all the tax revenues from all the people working in the, every plant, not just the plants themselves, but all the plants that are supporting them and all the corporate taxes from all of those uh, plants that they create, not just the Windsor and the Stellantis, but all the ones that will support it. Basically, every bit of tax revenue from absolutely everybody concerned will take at least 10 years, maybe longer to pay back the 13 billion. I mean, that's that's a hefty, hefty price to be in a business that f tends to go up and down like a yo-yo and and has been wrong so many times about the technologies it bets on. I again, I understand the point about this is the price to pay. I would tell you it's like a sports metaphor. You know what, uh, Babe Ruth may be worth, uh, you know, if he was alive today, 300 million to some, uh, to some, uh, to some baseball clubs, but Oakland can't pay it. Maybe New York could, you know, I mean, the, the, this is, these are real, uh, real numbers and real money. And I'm not sure that Canada can afford to play in this game. I don't even know if the States can, to be honest with you, but if the States can't, then certainly Canada can't. And I'm not sure that this will have the happy ending that everybody talks about where the investment pays itself back and builds enough of an industry that it's money. We look back on it in 10 years or 20 years and say, damn, I'm glad we invested that. I, I, I you know, a billion or two, it would it'd be a no brainer. This amount of money per plant, it's a tough one to justify. All right. Well, we are speaking of happy endings. We're out of time. Um, thank you very much for joining David and myself on the Motormouth podcast. We hope you enjoyed the discussion. Uh, be sure to look for David's weekly Motormouth column on driving.ca every Friday. And if you're more of a podcast person than a video panel watcher, great news is we've recently converted driving into the future panels into podcasts, which you can now find on the Motormouth podcast channel on all the major podcast streaming services. For your dose of all things automotive, be sure to check out driving.ca, where you'll find the best in breaking news, videos, and reviews. And be sure to subscribe to the Motormouth podcast and Post Media's other three auto-related podcasts. Plugged in pertaining to all things electric vehicles and hosted by yours truly, and I'm sure David would say in a rosier tone than his. The Driving Podcast hosted by Lorraine Sommerfeld and The Truck Guy hosted by Matthew Guy. Wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Until next time. <laughs>